Welcome. I am your host, Chris Ann Hall, and this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Today, we are going to talk about a very important topic, something that has slipped through the cracks of the education system. Perhaps maybe not slipped through the cracks of the education system, but rather been shoved in the cracks of the education system because it is in this avenue alone that government over the centuries, and that is before the American Constitutional Republic, this is the one aspect where government has been not only able to grow in a power and authority exponentially, but also done so at the behest, the begging, the permission of its citizenry. And I wanna talk to you today about the difference between private property and public property. And because this really has become such a convoluted issue, we are going to take this very methodically. I put a post, Christian, go ahead and put that that, uh, Instagram post up there. I put up a post not too long ago on Instagram that talked about this, the post of your listening on Instagram. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or Google Music or one of our audio podcasts, I'll read it to you. And on Instagram, I put it on Facebook as well. A truth from a constitutional attorney. If you are at a private event, if you are at a private business, if you are at a campaign event, if you are anywhere not paid for by tax dollars, you do not have freedom of speech rights. Stop claiming that you do. When you claim free speech, you actually speak error and hurt our ability to protect actual rights. Please stop. And so I went on to say, you only have the right to free speech when it is the government trying to silence you, not a private person or business and a campaign for candidate for office is not a government event. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you, we are not going to be able to get into the finer details of this on this show. That's not what the show is designed to do. If you really want to get a deep and and substantial understanding of the purpose and principle of the Bill of Rights, what are your rights? Where do they come from? How do they work? Then you must be a member at libertyfirstsociety.com. We're the only ones that are going to teach it to you the way our founders teach it. We are the premier online constitution and American history uh, service because we teach only original text. We teach the founders explanation for these issues, not some Supreme Court explanation and not somebody who lived after the Constitution was ratified their explanations. So libertyfirstsociety.com is where you need to go. Now, first thing that we need to do is we need to make two different baskets. We need to have a private basket and a 
public basket. Before we can really understand where do my rights apply, we have to know the difference between private property and public property. Our legal system, our government system, and our education system have done a very good job at destroying the understanding of these differences on purpose. Because it is the destruction of the difference between private and public that not only allows government to expand be exponentially beyond its constitutionally limited boundaries, but this is where the people actually beg the government to exercise more power over them than they are entitled. Now, I just want to mention to you up front, sort of as a legal disclaimer, in many of these explanations, you're going to be able to retort back to me, but Chris Ann Hall, that's not how it works. Or, but Chris Ann Hall, they've been regulating this for a long time, okay? Just because they've been doing it doesn't make it right. Just because we've allowed them to do it doesn't make it constitutional. So what I am trying to teach today is how is it really supposed to work? In America's constitutional republic, what is the design? And I will tell you, what is the essential understanding between the difference of public and private that ensures that our constitutions operate and are applied properly? And believe it or not, despite the confusion and the miseducation and the disinformation and the misunderstanding, the definitions are very simple. A private property is a property that is owned and maintained or paid for using private funds. That's private property. Public property is property that is paid and maintained using tax dollars. Now, if we were operating properly, we'd just be able to stop right there. There'd be no other discussion because there would be two distinct classifications. Private property is property that is owned, paid for, maintained with private money. Public property is maintained and run with tax dollars. The problem is we've allowed that to become muddied. There has been intertangling, intertwining, and misapplication of these terms to the point that government now calls what is private public and what is public private. So when we're working with these very true yet simple definitions, private property is paid and maintained and owned with private money. Public property is paid, maintained, and run with tax dollars. Then you can understand where your rights apply. 
You do not have a security of rights on someone's private property. Because private property carries its own rights. When I own a piece of property, my rights supersede yours on that property. There ought to be no debate, no question over that. If I have a house, my private property rights supersede anyone's rights in my house, in my yard. You do not have a right to come into my yard and speak your mind and say whatever you want. In my yard, I have a superseding right that can tell you, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Get off my property or I will have you removed from my property because it is my property and my rights supersede yours. Now, understanding that, you have to understand that private property rights extend beyond your home. For example, if you own a business, your business is your private property. If you own a restaurant, if you own a gas station, if you own a grocery store, if you own a social media platform, that is your private property because that property has been bought and paid for with your private dollars. Now, maybe you borrowed from the bank. Maybe the bank owns part of your property, but that is not taxpayer dollars. It is private property money, which means in my store, in my gas station, on my social media platform, my personal property rights supersede yours. Now, I may give you permission to come on my property. I may invite you to come in my store. I may invite you to participate in my social media platform. But upon that invitation, you must comply with certain restrictions. And the ultimate understanding that I am the ultimate overseer of my property. And unless we have engaged in a written contract or a written lease agreement, I have the private property right in my business to number one, refuse service, and number two, refuse to allow you to speak your mind. I have a property, private property right in my business. You do not have a right to be in my business. And I saw that during the mask mandates, during the COVID shutdowns and all of these things, that uh, really a lot of people were confused about that. You don't have a right to be in Whole Foods Market. You don't have a right to be in Costco. You don't have a right to be in Publix. The owners of those businesses, they have the rights that supersede yours, and they are allowed to establish the terms and conditions upon which you may enter and remain on their property. The problem that began with the mask mandates is that the private property owners were not given the choice. You had a government agent tell agency or agent telling the private property owner 
the terms and conditions upon which they could allow people on your property. The government mandates on private property were unconstitutional. And I have studied the constitutions of all 50 states, and I have taught the constitutions of all 50 states. And I have shown through the constitutions of all 50 states that all the mask mandates by government to include vaccination mandates by government are completely and totally unconstitutional. However, a private business owner has the private property right to establish the terms and conditions on their own choice because I don't have a right to be in their business. And if you don't like their business, you have a right to take your business elsewhere. The same would apply to freedom of speech. The same would apply to the right to keep and bear arms as a private property. You must enter based on the conditions of the private property owner. Now that's different with public property. Public property, let's remember, is property that is run, maintained, and owned or, and paid for by tax dollars. A park, a sidewalk, a city hall, any building, any location that is paid for and maintained with your tax dollars becomes public property. And in those places, you have a right to freedom of speech, freedom of press, the right to peaceably assemble, and the government's rights do not supersede yours because the government does not own that property. When government is when property is paid for with your tax dollars, the public owns that property and the public's individual rights supersede the government in those areas. It's why the Supreme Court for decades has said that parks and streets and sidewalks are a public forum. Now, as our founders were so eloquent in saying, that liberty knows no bounds other than you cannot harm or control the right of another. When you are in a public space, your rights are secure until you interfere with another person who shares that public space. So you, yes, you have freedom of speech, but it can be limited that you cannot use a bullhorn or a speaker that unduly infringes on someone else's rights who co-owns that public property with you. Now remember, this is just the basic understanding of how this works or how it's supposed to work rather. An in-depth study of this can only be found at libertyfirstsociety.com. So, in a private business, in your home, if you own your home, if, if, if it's your home and your business, no one's rights supersede yours, you have your unlimited freedom of speech. 
You can play anything over your intercom you would like. You can do any messaging that you want in your store, in your gas station. It is your private property space. But a customer does not have freedom of speech, freedom of press. The customer does not have a right to peaceably assemble, nor does the customer have a right to keep and bear arms on your property. You see, the Bill of Rights was not written to limit private property rights. The Bill of Rights was written to secure private property rights from government intrusion. So the simple bottom line is this. Your rights can only be violated by government actors, government agencies. That's it. Now you can file a private civil lawsuit if someone slanders or libels you. But you don't have a right to speak on someone's private property. Now, here comes the place where it gets all messed up. And somebody out there is probably already put into the uh chat room somewhere. What about when government gives out money to private businesses? Is it now a public business or a private business? Well, that's a very good question. But I want to point you to a different direction. You see, we shouldn't be trying to determine what is public and what is private because that is a very clear definition. The problem is not the difference between public and private. The problem is government giving out grants, giving out loans. There is no authority granted the government through the, the federal government through the U.S. Constitution to give private businesses taxpayer dollars. And that is a fact. I don't care what the Supreme Court says today. I don't care what they say tomorrow. I don't care what your law professor says. I don't care what your think tank says. There is no authorization in the US Constitution for the federal government to give out taxpayer dollars to private entities of any sort. That is a fact. As a matter of fact, it was a fact that was discussed during the ratification of the Constitution, and it was a fact that was discussed twice by James Madison on the House floor when he was a U.S. House rep. So you need to understand, when you offer up the discussion of, well, what if the government's giving money to the private business? Does that transform that into public property? Does that transform that into government property? You should be asking the question, how do I stop government from sticking its fingers into private business? That's the solution. The solution should never be, how do we take private property rights away? The solution should always be, how do we shove government back into its limited and defined box to keep out its encroachments on private property? Because I'll tell you the legal understanding is 
that if government gives somebody grant money, it's still a private business with quasi-governmental authority. And it only becomes government business when government wants to control the private business. It never becomes government business when it benefits the private business. That's why at Liberty First Legal, that's why at LibertyFirstSociety.com, that's why on the Chris Ann All Show, we're always telling, always warning, I don't care who you are, never take grant money, never take any funding from the federal government. Because once you do, they own you. And churches are private property. And churches should not take government money. Because when churches take government money, and I don't care if it's state or federal, they stop being churches. And they start being government-controlled religion. It's an inevitability, guys. You can give me all your explanations. I've heard it from the top lawyers in the country. There is no excuse for a church to take government money. And the only reason a church takes government money is because they don't believe in God anymore. And they don't believe in the sufficiency of God anymore. And they've decided to replace God with government. That's the only reason a church would take any government money. At Liberty First Legal, we will never fight for a church to be able to take government money. There are other law firms that will do that. And hey, to each his own. I'm not going to criticize. But the bottom line is this. If you're a church, why don't you act like it and have some faith and stop asking government to do what God has promised to do for you? And maybe... Maybe you need a a spirit check to find out why God isn't funding you. Just a little side note there for you. Now, the last complication that comes in is this classification by government of what is private and what is public, right? So you have the squeezy, squeezy public accommodation thing. Right. So if you open your doors to the public and let them in, the government and the legal system says you're public. No, that is not true. And we should have never accepted that to be true, period. Or I've heard people say, well, if you're listed in the stock market and you trade stocks publicly, you're a public business. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're a private business that is contracting with other private investors. Remember, public is paid with tax dollars, paid and maintained with tax dollars. Just because you open your doors does not make you public. And you don't want that definition, guys, because guess what? One day you're going to open your doors to your house and the government's going to say, oh, you're public because your door will open. That's how communism works, guys. That's not hyperbole, that's Marxism. So I'm doing this lesson because 
I love America. I'm doing this lesson because I love liberty. I'm doing this lesson because in order to protect our rights, we have to understand them. And I'm doing this lesson because I'm hearing way too many people that identify as conservatives screaming about freedom of speech and the right to assemble at people's pub private property. So guess what? If you have a candidate that's running for office, that candidate's campaign fundraiser, that candidate's, that candidate's rally is not paid by tax dollars. It is a private event. You do not have a freedom of speech, a right to peaceably assemble at someone's private campaign event. And I realize this may be unsettling because it, it goes against what people have been taught but I want you to understand, we've been taught the wrong things for so very long because it benefits government. When we lack understanding of the separation between, the true separation between private and public, then government owns and controls everything. And that was never supposed to happen. If you want a little insight, I'll give you a little bonus for your educational dollar. You need to go read James Madison's essay written in 1792 on property. If you want a better understanding of that essay, go to libertyfirstsociety.com. I can teach you on that. But there's a, there is a first source for you. James Madison's essay on property written in 1792. You need to know these things. Because you see, the excuse of we've done it wrong for a long time is, is just that. It's a pathetic excuse. What we need to do is learn the right thing and start doing the right thing now. Start demanding the right thing now. Start working towards the right thing now. Start educating towards the right thing now. Because until we get educated on the right things, we will continue to allow the wrong things and maybe even ask for them. I mean, think about PPP. How many people were begging for stimulus checks? How many people were begging for money for their businesses? How many people are out there begging for farm subsidies, for industry businesses to have subsidies? Look, number one, there's no constitutional authority to take my money and give it to someone else in the name of charity or subsidies or PPP or whatever P you want to talk about. There is no constitutional authority for that. And we are begging for government to own us. Every time the government gives us money, we actually become indentured servants. Number one, who pays the piper dictates the tune. Number two, human nature says, you're not gonna bite the hand that supplies you. And they know that. That's why the education system teaches that government is your provider and teaches you on purpose. There is no distinction between private and public. Well, I hope I've at least done a little bit to clear the air here again. For a better study on this, you need to go to libertyfirstsociety.com. But there were so many questions 
when I posted that on Instagram and Facebook, I decided that a video was necessary. This is just the surface, guys, but we got to start somewhere. We've got to understand there is a clear distinction between public and private. And it is the dissolving of that separation that actually increases the size and power and authority of government over our lives and is working to destroy our individual liberties. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a little bit of a different show for me because it was single topic. We didn't go through any of our commercials and our videos or anything, but I do want to thank you for joining me and we look forward to seeing you next time. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged 